0: My identity was this partier, my identity was this, you know, wild guy, my identity was like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like watch out when he drinks. Like you don't know what the what's gonna happen.
1: This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast. If you're looking to hear stories of hope, inspiration, and turning your greatest adversities into your advantage, well, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jason LeChance, and through my addiction recovery and struggles with anxiety and depression, I dug into my passion of speaking with people who have transformed their lives. Gary Mink, he's the uh, host of the Begin Again podcast. You may have heard me on there, as well as some of my other friends. And uh, hey, man, just thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Ah,
0: Jason, thank you, man. It's great to be here. I love what you're doing. And yes, you will hear you on my podcast. We just had a, a great episode recorded and uh, it's, it's a pleasure
1: to get to meet you, man. Yeah, likewise. And I'm going to drop that link in the description. So you guys check out the great work that Gary's doing. We're kind of like the East Coast, West Coast guys. You know, we're yeah, man. Yeah. trying to, you know, push everything in the middle here. So get, a, <laughs> right. get, a, get it going nationwide. That's what here we, we do. Uh <laughs> Well, Gary, you know, I, I i know you've listened, so you know I start off with gratitude, but I'm actually going to start because uh, what three things that I'm grateful for is people that know how to use their signal, people that know proper lane changing procedures, and gas stations that when you pay at the pump, have the receipt at the pump because you wanted to pay at the pump so you didn't have to freaking go inside. If you can guess how driving today went for me. so uh, There you go.
0: It's simple, man. That's it,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, that's my comedy for it. How about you? Three things you're grateful for today.
0: Well, we touched upon it before we came on, but I am super grateful for the people that I'm meeting in the sober community in such a short amount of time. I'm super grateful for the work that people are doing and- I'm super grateful for the, for the motto to help one person today, because that was my motto. And I, I keep hearing it over and over. And I think the idea is just, if you focus on that one person, you know, that then, then the, the masses can hopefully be helped. So yeah. I'm grateful for you. That's four, but I'm, and I'm grateful <laughs> to be here. Sorry. That's five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm grateful for you. That's four. And I'm grateful to be here sober.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Wouldn't be here for that. For that. Yeah. For
1: that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Such an underrated experience in our culture nowadays, you know, oh, it's, man. uh, he, I mean, you're a father, you got, your kids are a bit younger than mine. And, you know, I have those conversations. I don't know if you've already started yet with them about, you know, substances, potential substance abuse. And it's just like, God, it is so prevalent. Like just in the time I, I take my kids from my house to their mom's house, there's like four freaking billboards of yeah. booze on the way you know
0: amazing you know i i have a little quick funny story about it as far you know talking it out with my kids you know my, i mentioned before they're young they're nine and ten but over the summer like i, I got into, i love to hike right so like I, I'm, I'm looking at stuff and i'm looking at these waterfalls and like upstate new york six hours away and i i did like a perfect like clark w Griswold. he would have been so proud. <laughs> no one wanted to go no one wanted to do a road trip and i chuffed threw them in the truck, drove oh. six hours up, and everyone was pretty miserable for the three days. Except for me, we had some fun. But on the way home, it came up about drugs and alcohol and how uh, important it is and how powerful it is and how bad this stuff can be. And we had a good hour-long conversation, the four of us. And I looked at my wife. I said, I know and everyone didn't like it, but that, what we just talked about that last hour. That was worth the whole trip right there.
1: Heck, yeah, it was. That's uh, yeah, so,
0: And they know about the podcast too, right? So my, <laughs> my daughter's 10, so she's on some stuff and she, you know, she plays, I don't know if she plays any episodes, but she knows about the podcast and both my kids know that dad doesn't drink. They don't know the whole story yet. They're not quite ready to hear it all, but they'll hear it all one day.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and I, and I don't think, yeah, we don't want to give them the full burst of it all. You know, I think yeah. my, my kids kind of had to grow up a little quick cause their mom and I went through a divorce and some <laughs> some different stuff that conversations probably happened earlier than than maybe they should have but uh, like how else are we going to arm them you know with stuff
0: you know my wife likes to say and and I hope she you know I, I come and you can relate you know I come from like generational generations of alcoholism you know like yeah. generation at the gener- I mean fantastic stories right like credible stories of, of severe alcoholism on my mom's side you know very strong and I'm the first grandchild on my mom's side, actually. My mom was one to ten. I'm the first grandchild on her on my mom's side. I'm super proud of it. But my wife likes to say, Gary, like you know, I'm the old fir- I'm the first person to get sober too. And she's mm-hmm. like, Gary, you broke the mold. I'm like you broke the mold. And I hope she's right. I, I, you know, it's it's still my biggest fear is is getting them through these next you know ten years, sure. whatever it may be, right? Um, but I, I do know, you know, I used to think, oh. You know, there'll be no problem. You know, like they're not going to find cut straws in their bed, ba- in the, in the when they're grabbing the spoon for their Cheerios, and they're not going to have drug addicts walking in and out of the house, and they're not going to have a drunk dad. But there's more to it. You know, there's, there's yeah. definitely more to it, and everyone's got their own journey, and everyone's got their own path, and all like we can do is do our very, very, very fucking best to steer them in the right direction and to arm them and to educate them as best as we can.
1: Yeah, well, before we dig into your story, I, I do want to discuss this a little bit more because I I like kind of picking the, the brains of uh, other sober parents and and maybe some of the things and for people that are normies, it is a responsibility. Like if you are a person that can normally drink and you're not like Gary and I that we need to hit a meeting and yeah. you know because what our life goes off the rails and and. You know, for me, and I think you too, we want to end it because we're powerless against this freaking substance. It's your responsibility to know that you should be there at this bar. Okay, you're going to have two drinks, but you better darn eat and give some time before you get behind a car and know that you're completely legally, you know, able to do that. And if you are impaired in any way to go, ooh, yeah, there's this thing called Uber and make that call. That's an ability I don't have. So there is a responsibility to it. And that's what I try to convey.
0: Yeah, that's really
1: really important you know and
0: not to, i like to think that part about the driving has improved and i only say that i remember my nieces uh my nieces were in high school right and they're you know i'm 15 years older than whatever it may be you know and you know, they were getting ready to graduate and they all, you know, they had a designated driver every time they went out and I'm very involved. They're, you know, great girls. Right. And I'm like, man, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, it wasn't like yeah. that. Like, you know, or maybe it was just my circle. I don't know. Like, I don't think so. You know, and I know that part has improved, you know, but when you're talking about, you know, giving them the responsibility, you know, and telling them to respond to me, and that's a big, big, that's an important piece. You know, I'll say another thing too. Like I had my, uh, my, my, my sobriety dates in May. We I have my anniversary. Every time my anniversary date, my wife, you know, gets cake and carvel cake and a, and a card oh. and stuff. And so my my nine-year-old walked into my son. He's like, he's like, Daddy, you don't you don't drink alcohol? You don't drink alcohol at all? I was like, nope, I don't, buddy. Like again, he's nine. He's not ready to, you know, I, I need to, I'll feel it out what when it's ready. And he go, and he said, I'm not gonna drink either. I'm not gonna drink alcohol either. And I just said, Bud, you have no idea how ahead of the game you will be. If you stick to that, pal, it's a yeah. dangerous thing and can really mess people up. And that's kind of all I left it at that. You know? So, you know, you got to feel about my daughter, you know, she's uh, she's <laughs> a more mature and she's a little more, she's a little more like your dad, <laughs> you know, and when I was young, I always knew what was going on, always knew what was going on around me. You know, I thought I didn't know I knew everything. And my daughter is kind of like that. Like, she I can see that. Like, she can read people and she knows what's going on. So she, I, she, I have to. Uh, and that's a good thing too. But you know, she also, I can tell. You know, she's again, she's ten, but she's she's in fifth grade next year. She goes into junior high school, and she can't wait. She's like me. Like, I always wanted to be older. I always wanted to hang out with the older guys and the older kids. And I am you know, I'm just like girl, you got to slow down. Stay, <laughs> stay in your lane. Stay in your age. Don't, you know, don't rush it.
1: Right, because you're going to get to like us and go, gosh, there was, there was some really cool freedom at 15 and 16, you know, to just be that's like, amazing. play basketball with my best friends until at 2 a.m. And then, you know, like, better than that,
0: man. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Ugh. But that's a good point, too. And I've, I've, as far as with our kids and really, you know, seeing them for who they are, not who we want them to be. You know, because I worry about them. You know, you know my saying: trademark, uh, no outside solutions to inside problems. And I, you know, I try to talk because I I get a concern for that because I know, for me, and you know, let's kind of dig into you know you growing up. I mean, I've shared my story growing up in a home of addiction, but you did too. I mean, that you said that that straw when you're going to get the spoon yeah. for your Cheerios—that's not something you made up. That was your life.
0: No, yeah, you know, and that's how it was, and that's. You know, from as early as I can remember, you know, my, I had a, I had an active dad and I said this before I get along great with him. He was, he did his best as he could cam, you know, for sure. But he was sick too, you know, and he never addressed it. He never looked at it. Even when I got sober, uh, never really kind of said, Hey, like, you know, right on or whatever, you know, not till really later on, but you know, yeah. When I was a kid growing up, it was, you know, there was always rough characters in and out of my house and yeah. I, I mentioned this cut straws. Yeah, like that, that, that is implanted in my brain because I bring it up whenever we're talking about this stuff. But he was, you know, cocaine was his main thing. He was a car mechanic. I used to work with my grandfather, owned a gas station. He was the mechanic. I was pumped gas. Like there was all of us there. And, you know, it was, uh, there were some rough characters. And he, you know, I didn't realize until I got late, you know, until I got a little older that he was doing this stuff at work too. Like this was, this is some heavy stuff happening. And, uh, but yeah, you know, so growing up, cut straws <laughs> okay and so we, we said this last like by the way who saves the fucking straws <laughs> right who does that like maybe a sick guy you know so i need yeah. to that's the other thing like i built this resentment for stuff i saw when i was a kid you know and if you sure. saw what i saw then you would understand maybe you wouldn't be able even to handle it and maybe that's why i am the way i am and you wouldn't get it and you know but i learned in sobriety like all those resentments the only person they're hurting is hurting is me you know, I yeah. need to let go of them. It took me a while and got me in a lot of trouble, but yeah. So <laughs> you know, that's how it was as a kid. And then, you know, I could fast forward. I started, you know, I was yeah. a normal, kid, normal kid. Like, you know, I saw someone sent an old picture of an eighties, uh, picture and there was, you know, 10 dirt, you know, 10 bicycles on the guy's lawn. Like, this is where, you know, your kids are, they're all at his house because that was us. Right. In the eighties, I grew up across the street from the park. I played sports and love sports, played baseball, basketball, you know, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I got in trouble. I got in, I started getting, you know, I I was always kind of wise guy and getting in trouble with teachers and stuff, but I was Was
1: that from the propensity of wanting to kind of hang out with the older kids. I mean, was that kind of some of it too? Like the older kids in the neighborhood or what?
0: I did. I always like wanted to hang out with the older kids. Like, so I got some older cousins, you know, one cousin's four years older, me, you know, great guys, same thing, athletes, you know, uh, popular in town, everyone kind of knew him. And, but I always wanted to hang out with the older guys, you know? And I I say that, like, I have a group of buddies my age to this day. I'm in a group text with every single one of them. Like went to kindergarten, first grade, like these, I mean, my boys, and they're still my boys to this day. But yeah, I always like wanted to hang out with the older guys. I always, you know, I wanted to go to bars when I was young, like it's stupid stuff, like, you know, really stupid stuff. But, you know, looking back, abnormal behavior, abnormal thinking, for a young guy.
1: Knocking Doors Down by Carlos Vieira, now available wherever you get audiobooks. I wasn't done partying and I didn't want the binge to end. I think I knew that when I finally
0: got home, I'd have to face what I had done and I wasn't ready to do that. Being responsible for my actions wasn't something I was looking forward to. I had abandoned my wife and baby, my family and my business. I wanted to avoid the shame of returning to what I had left behind. Even though I
1: was not yet going home, I wasn't sure I had enough resources to continue the binge. Click the link in the podcast description to find out more. Yeah, well, but I think some of that too, you know, you, you brought up some of your mentality, which which is that victim mentality that we can get dropped into, especially when we do have a home that is triggering some things creating traumas that we don't really i mean especially us we're about the same age we didn't know what the hell the word trauma meant you know the only trauma i ever knew was because my dad and brother raced and so it was head trauma from like somebody crashing and ringing their bell or something you know what i'm saying and yeah um stuff like that you know so uh, i i just think the knowledge wasn't there and let alone anyone like if somebody in the '80s said you got to break your victim mentality, but they like, "Fuck off, you pussy!" You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Well, it was 100%. that kind of yeah. It was that kind of thinking. It was like ah, you know, so and so cheated on you. No big deal. Come here, have another beer. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> these are the solutions that we found.
0: I mean, solution. I mean, right? What what we do? We go to the meetings. We we. Speak. We spill our guts, right? We open Mm -hmm. up. We talk about our feelings. We talk about you said traumas. I didn't know what the word trauma meant either. I Had no idea. I didn't know what childhood anxiety was until I was way into sobriety, you know. But like what you're talking about is the last thing we did, and this was this was just uh, drilled into us. Without it was just inherent. Like you don't talk about what's wrong. You don't talk about your feelings to anyone. Just fucking man up. Shut the fuck up and fucking get back at it. Excuse my language. No, but, like... <laughs> we're yeah. already
1: dropping F bombs. Yeah, so. we're
0: dropping F bombs after uh, early here. But you know that you know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. you don't you don't talk about stuff. You don't talk about and you, you mask it. And I think we talked about before. You start developing these, you know, these uh, these these um, you know, um, drawing a blank. You know, you how to cope with this stuff, yeah. you know, and. We're growing, right? We're young too. Like, I'm talking about 10, 11. Then you even get a little older into high school in your early teens. Like, you're evolving. Like, we're not even close to where we're supposed to be, but we're learning these things, you know. And one of them, you know, inherent and learned thing is you don't talk about anything. You don't, you know, talk about therapy. Like, that wasn't, you wouldn't talk. No way. You know, like, even like you're in AA, even when I, when I, <laughs> when the whole world knew that I needed uh, help, I was an alcoholic, like, even my parents are like, you're not going to IA, are Are you? It was just like,
1: is that shame and stigma? I mean, yeah. And we do, we, I mean, goodness. Yeah. I haven't thought about this in a long time, but I was always a really flamboyant dresser. If you could believe it or not, <laughs> as I sit here with red hair, red um, hair. you know, and I, I, thinking back, like that was a lot of protection stuff for me. It kind of, it projected an image immediately, you know, it was when like hip hop clothing was real big and, you know, mm. the cross colors and Carl, can I, you know, uh, people yeah. always call me the white Will Smith in high school. I mean, that's how I dressed like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. There you go. And, and I think it was, you know, projecting, a, you know, a persona and and I never really stepped out of projecting a persona into authenticity at any point because being an insecure guy, Then hitting college and then being in uh, starting radio my last two years of college. Now it's rock radio and I'm kind of playing a character. Well, people seem to like that character. All right, I'll just continue with that shit. You know what I'm saying? And and I I think it gets that way when you kind of get in with the troublemakers and everything else. You kind of develop this persona and that's what you know. You never get to explore like who's Gary at the end of the day.
0: Man, I didn't know who Gary was till, you know, I'm still working on who's, exactly, <laughs> right. but, I, but I'm willing to learn, you know, that's, that's, I guess the difference but <laughs> we're talking about, you know, the persona that we develop. Right. And I say it a lot, like my identity, like yeah. my identity was this party or my identity was this, you know, wild guy. My identity was like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like watch out when he drinks, like, you don't know what the, what's going to happen. Like, you know. Then again, you know, early on, I got into a big trouble. I got in big trouble early. Like, you know, they talk about the old guys or, or me wanting to hang out with the old guys. Like all of a sudden, those old guys are like showing me respect. Like, So I, 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 was, I was a junior in high school, 16 years old. The night before Thanksgiving, I'm out with my cousins, same guys. And, you know, it's a big night. I think it's a big night in every place, but it's certainly a big night in my town. Long Island, like biggest yeah. night of the year. Everyone goes out, right? And so... Um, actually, the bar is called Finn McCool's. It's if you read the book about the 86 Mets, that's where they went after the world
1: won the World Series. I'll be darned. <laughs> yeah, was that where Doc and Daryl were, were doing? That's where they
0: were, man. That's what part of it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't okay. know if Doc even made it to, back to Lauren. Long- I think Doc was uh somewhere else, but poor yeah. Doc, that's a, that's a tough story. That poor guy, but Ugh. um, you know, and so a fight breaks out and spills into the street, and I wake up. Yeah, you know, where I say I wake up. I, you know, Thanksgiving morning, uh, first degree assault of a police officer. A cop went to go get my cousin, and I went and held off and belted him and you know, arrested for breaking a cop's nose. And I'm 16 years old. I'm the smallest guy in the place. I'm the, you know, the youngest guy by far, but, you know, it's a town bar. And I knew everyone, you know, they're like, hey, man, how'd you get in here, Gary? Yeah. And I thought I was, you know, king of the world, you know, and I'm, everyone's like, you know, keeping me behind. I mean, this is five deep, this bar. It was packed, right? Anyway, this fight breaks out with my cousins, and you know that was my first foray, but it was a real big one. Like you know, I got in a lot of trouble, and so these older guys, you know, they're starting to look at me differently, and they're like, you know, said so this like little skinny little kid likes to play hoop and you know run around his bicycle. Like, hey, call with me, Gary, come take a ride, you know. And and I say that in in a weird way, but you know, looking back, you know, like I had gotten like they started kind of respecting me, like these, sure. you know, like you said, these troublemakers and. You know, my town was a—it's a great, great town. But there's a lot of tough guys in there, a lot of guys, and you know, done a lot of bad things, and got <laughs> So some of these guys were like, you know, he's—he's he's all right, you know, he's—he's he's a good fella, it's th- something along those lines. But anyway, that was my first first foray into trouble. But
1: and I mean, that's the—that's kind of the thing of like our teenage years. I mean, you know, teenagers by nature we're just shitheads. We we yeah. just are, and and then it, you know. I mean, I know for me, if I had done something like that and then it got around and all of a sudden the girls were paying attention, it would have fueled more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like I was pretty lucky that like my best friend still to this day, always just beautiful, wonderful family, like second family to me, that I had enough people that were fixed into my life to steer me away a little bit because- I mean, I saw it. I saw it with really talented, intelligent people I went to high school with that it just took that one little thing and that conversation. And then the rep was bigger than the actual thing that happened. And yeah, there you go. Well, I was,
0: I was kind of off to the races from, you know, I guess, like I said, from seeing that stuff like when I was a kid and like, then like, you know, say no to drugs was so big. Right. And <laughs> I, I was in, you know, I was probably sixth grade and I remember. You know, it was really being driven home at school. And I and I came home and, and I started crying. My mom's like, what are you crying about? I'm like, so talking about, you know, say no to drugs. She's like, yeah, so what? And I'm like, well, what about, you know, drugs all over this place, you know, dad and everything. And she's like, whoa, all right. And I forget, I went out and I don't know where I went anyway. But instead of her picking me up, he picked me up and he, he lied through his teeth to me. He's like, I never do anything. He's like, don't worry. Maybe I smoked weed once in a while. Like, I never do anything. And I just went, all right. And I I I say that to you because I remember it like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. honestly. And I feel like something changed in me right there. Like, all right, this guy's not being honest with me. So like I don't know, kind of on my own. And I started getting, you know, I, I from there I just started I think I just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Like I kind of went out, Jason. Like I had this in my back pocket. Like I had this big, like elephant in the room, and I just it was stuffed in my back pocket, and I would. If anything really went, if I really got in like real trouble, I would just say, well, this is why, you know, and I would say, boom, because of that. And I never, ever even mentioned it to anyone ever.
1: It's all the permission you needed, right? It my, is. Da- it my dad's is. full he's of going. shit. And right. so, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. exactly. He's full yeah. of shit, right? And, and and it changed right there. Changed Even though I was young, it changed right there, but it just kept going in the wrong direction or I was staying on this wrong path and- you know, that was the first time I got in trouble,
1: you know, and I I think it's a innocence killer. Like lots of us, you know, like, you know, I know where your kids are at and my kids kind of a rough transition, a lot of those things, but you know, some people get a more steady transition. And I think that is like, like a trauma moment. It is a thing that you, like you said, you remember it like yesterday, that's how fresh it can feel. And I know some of those memories where I can you know has, get the smells come back or whatever it is oh, and yeah. it, you know it's uh yeah i mean that's a good solid moment to still be able to identify as like hey this is a good off to the races or you know justified a reason that you could justify why you did what you did not saying Which, it is but
0: no but it just it started you, you're, and you're spot on it started this this chip on my shoulder and it's like fuck you like i or or i don't give a fuck like, mm-hmm. and I kind of like, again, it wasn't like instant, it was just gradual and it just kept going worse and right. worse, darker and darker. And, you know, um, you, you talked to, you said something before too, like, I didn't realize I was so uncomfortable with my own skin, my whole fucking life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know it until I was, until I was in, until I was in sobriety, until after rehab, till you know, I was 31 years old and I had to start doing work on myself that I never even <laughs> realized that. <laughs> Holy shit. Like. I, I, you know, the word fear. I mean, holy, like yeah. I didn't think I was afraid of anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: I went through the steps and you do the fear. And if I do it right, if I do it thoroughly, you know, I could put fear on everything. And fear comes in a lot of different forms, you know. Yeah. And now being a dad, we have all different types of fears, but, you know, I can be fearful of what you're going to think of me or fearful of what I'm going to say. And I didn't, today I just say a prayer. I know I'm coming from the right place and I, I, I hand it over to my higher power. And uh we go from there.
1: Yeah, that's all we can do. And 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 I think we start to get there. I mean, tell me what you think. Like, once I really started to identify, oh, my big problem isn't this, that, not even my the things that happened to me in childhood, it's that I still sit and continue to remain a victim of things. Like, what like why am I giving control over to other people? Why am I giving that access? And it was that decision, the conscious decision to just not have it be that way anymore. And it's not that certain things don't get my emotions because they do. And I still get fired up sometimes. I'm just, yeah. I'm a human, but, but I don't sit in it and I don't let it, let alone drive me to disempowering decisions, you know? Well, that's,
0: that's the difference right there. You know, you're, you don't sit in it. You don't let it drive you. You don't take, you know, own you. For lack of a better word, like you take your power back at some point, right? But you know, I'll speak for myself. Like you know, these are stuff I I didn't know. Like you you're talking about, you know, resentments. I I couldn't wait to write this fourth step. Like I couldn't wait for this guy, my sponsor, because you know, wait till he sees what I'm going to put on here. You know, like wait till he sees and what sucks for me, uh, but it doesn't suck. But you know, it's like, hey man, you can you can hold on to all this shit. Yeah, this shit or that you saw. You know what? that sucks, man it does. But here's the thing, like you could stay in it and hold on to it for the rest of your life and you'll never fucking let it go. And you'll be miserable probably your whole life oh, yeah. or you can let it go. You can figure out how to come peace with it. You can make some amends about it and you can grow as a person. You know, it's, it's, it's up to you. And, yeah. you know, that was like a big realization for me, you know? And, you know, I laugh like, like the, the muscle memory of our whole lives. Right. And we were talking about, you know, you don't say anything and, everything was you know i want to talk about instincts jason like i'm, I'm ready to do my four step and i'm writing that right I have, I have a couple of p you know big not a big not a bunch of stuff right and i walk in i'm a skeptical dude right and i'm you know, <laughs> memories that way and coming sure. into his apartment in the upper west side and as i walk into the studio part great guy but he's got candles i was like fucking i knew it here we go candles now <laughs> so what's gonna happen now you know and But it's it was one of the most freeing. It was also, Jason, the first time that I ever shared. You know, I talked about holding that in my back pocket and I was gonna drive. I've never shared it with anyone until then. It was the first time I shared about, you know, stuff I saw as a kid, you know, and I got in a lot of other trouble. I got assaults, I got DWIs, and you know, it's the first time I had to look at myself, you know, like that cop I mentioned, you know. I remember I was like, you know, this cop did this to me. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're resenting the cop that arrested you? I was like, Yeah. He's like but you, you you assaulted him. Well yeah, but still he rested. you know, I was sixteen you rest, yeah, but you, you you're saying you punched him in the face, broke his nose. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I guess that's me. What that's I guess that that's is on me, huh? ego of the alcoholic that is Gary at the time, you know. It's stuff we had to work on, you know, and yeah, and I'm still I still work on it through. And you sure you says yourself, like I'm a human being, you know, like I'll get pissed off and sometimes sometimes I'll even I'll call Sometimes I'm, you know, I have the tools, maybe call my sponsor, maybe call someone, maybe share this stuff. And sometimes you just don't want to at the moment. Right. And sometimes you just say, fuck it. But the difference for me today is I eventually, and it's usually pretty quick. It's usually within a day or so. I, I, I do it. I, you know, I, I speak it out. I share this stuff with someone else and say, this is what's bothering me. This is what happened. You know, I, I feel immediately better after, after sharing it, usually with my yeah. sponsor or someone else.
1: Well, and thank you for sharing that because it's so valuable. And I think for anyone in life, you know, there's so much of the the 12-step principles, I think it'd be an amazing class in high school, you know, because in a weird way, those of us that really work recovery, we kind of get a second life, so to speak. And I'm sure you have felt that, seen it and and heard it said, because we really do. We like, we get, we get these tools that aren't, readily available i would say to others um that unfortunately you know that aren't an addict like i mean there's so many principles and things that that are beautiful to share like the you know it's always funny somebody that isn't in recovery and you say yeah the other day i had to make amends they're like what what do you what do you mean in an apology well no it's an amends it's like an apology it's a little bit different but you know it's like they're, they're just clueless but But there's so many great principles there that if you look at, like, just successful people in general, they always talk about, well, I have faith in a higher power and this really strong community. Well, what's the two most successful things for long-term recovery? Faith in a higher power and community, you know? And so it's – I think if we could – like you and I are people that recover out loud. Just make it accessible. Like I love talking to people that are quote unquote normies about this stuff. I've had many of people be like, so what's this 90 day challenge I've heard you talk about? I'm going to try that. And then they're like, yeah, I just don't think I want to drink. Cool. All right. Well, keep it going. I,
0: I had a friend who did the same thing recently. He's like, you know, and he didn't tell me. He's like, oh, by the way, you know, then I started his podcast. He's like, I love your podcast. By the way, like I haven't drank in 30 days and three months. I'm like, cool, man, and I'm waiting to say, like, oh, what happened? Like, you know, you know, because you know, something must have happened, right? You know, and uh, and he's still at it. You know, I haven't really dug it, but he's still, he's up to, uh, I think, seven or eight months now, and I think it's a beautiful thing, you know. And um, you know, there's so, there's, there's so much we can go, we can go down there about how bad this stuff is, and 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 how it's drilled into us the the normal normalcy of it. But I have to say one thing. When I was early on and I'm and I'm reading the 12 steps to my girlfriend, who's now my wife, you know, and she's she's like, what are the 12 steps? And I, so I read them and she's like, wow, like everyone can probably, and you said this should be in high school. She's like, wow, everyone should like read this. And I'm like, wow, it's like the most, you know, profound book in, I think, in history uh, that's ever ever been written. And I love too what you said, like I was such a thick, like I, geez, I came in just to like, I, I couldn't drink anymore. Just yeah. didn't want to drink anymore, and it took me so long. Even though the whole entire program is finding a higher power, finding a God, wherever you want to call them, and it's a spiritual program, it took me so long to like realize that part. Like, I was just so thick-headed and so like just don't want to drink. Like step one, like yeah I, I, yeah, I got that one, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: and even you know, I think step two is turning it over, right? So it took me like a real while. To really, you know, even though, you know, I I was saying prayers and stuff, it just, it took me a while to really, like, my eyes are opened up, like, this is what it is, man. It's spiritual, you know, it's spirituality. And it's like, that's what I chase now, Jason. I used to chase the party and chase the buzz and like abnormally. And like now. That's what excites me when I hear spirituality, people helping other people, you know, strangers helping strangers, like that spirituality or, you know, connecting with a higher power, asking my higher power, what is he, what's his will for me? Not like, I want this today. You know, it's like, Hey man, you know, put me in the spot. Please let me help one person today. And, you know, so grateful, you know, grateful for my family. And I mentioned those are my morning prayers. I start with gratitude, but yeah, this <laughs> a second chance like dude sometimes it's like almost feel like man is this fair like a (laughs) whole other life i had a completely whole other, other life yeah you know some of the stories are fucking amazing and they're hilarious and like off the charts like you did that like i think i mentioned my nieces before but you know like they hear these just insane crazy stories about me and they're like they can't even believe it because they've never yeah. You know, I, was, I think they were like five years old when I stopped, you know, drinking. So they can't even believe it, but it's true.
1: <laughs> I think the thing about it too, is we like, where I can find humor is because I'm here, you know, I'm not a tragic story mm. it, in that I I've survived. So for me, laughter helps, although not everything's laughter about it, but you know, I just, uh, yeah, because it's, it's, it doesn't, Like, I can't even believe I was the individual that did the things that I did. Like this vessel, you know, that I was, you know, I used to, as I've told people, you know, it's not that I didn't believe in God. I just didn't believe that there was one that had a purpose for me or loved me. You Mm -hmm. know, that that was part of my story. So, you know, with that switching and realizing, hey, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, at least that's how I frame things. It's kind of like, I can't, you know, oh, Wait a minute! Ah, makes sense. I was ignoring letting a higher power, a spirit, fill me. I was filling myself with spirits.
0: Exactly. I mean, I love that line. I've heard that. I mean, yeah. it's so true, though.
1: I it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's what yeah, it we is. is. Filling ourselves up with with
0: with you know with poison first of all, but we were filling ourselves up right because we needed something to be filled. Yeah. You know, and like we said early, you know, like there's it wasn't in high school or anything like, like hey man like check out this spiritual program or you know let's help someone to like that's what i mean like it was mm-hmm. it was that was not how i was and you know but yes you know second chance that's you know name i name begin again like that's it there's a portion in the book where I, it's one of the stories at the end the guys you know he talks about begin again i'm like oh yeah we get to begin again you know and that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of this man like you know we have complete transformation, life transformations, and I've I've realized or I've learned in my experience we're sometimes the last people to realize that we're getting better. You know, like I remember I was sober for years, and, and I four I've mentioned to you before, at four years of in and out, real battling, and I never was able to put ninety days together in those four years. The first time I put ninety days together was was my sober day, Mace. May, May 13, 2006. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought as I was saying that. I don't forget what I was saying, but um, I'm sorry. If I
1: totally lost my train of <laughs> thought. Yeah. Um, I was with you. I was feeling it though, Gary. I was with it. I getting the passion.
0: Totally uh, got off off target. I don't know. I apologize, but I was uh, had a momentary lapse of, of something there. But
1: um, <laughs> The older anyway, I get, the more we'll it happens all the time, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh Yeah. It'll come back to me. I forgot where I was driving the other day, so don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> it happens, right? I'm mean, sometimes right? getting worried, like i'm 49 i'm like shit man i got to be careful i forget I'm forgetting some stuff here
1: yeah i know it's it's setting in I, I think we're kind of going on the um direction of of spirituality and and just you know it's value to life you know that we're looking to let ourselves it's not even i don't even think it's that we you know fill ourselves per se i think it's kind of like you know what is it in the bible i, I um I am the the branch, you are the vine, or I am the vine, you are the... branch. I always forget the direction of it. It's like, the, it's an allowance for getting out of our own fucking way and allowing something else flow through us that is made of better decisions, uh, you know, more connectivity, being a service to others, not being self-serving. Although, you know, within it, we learn to take care of ourselves, you know? Sure. I think yeah. people get that wrong. It's not like, let yourself go to shit. And, and just be that no like the, your your party your service is taking care of this vessel that you have while you have it
0: oh absolutely yeah i, I like to say all the time you know turn your will and your life over to the care of god like you know turn care you know turn it over you know your god will take care of you but you know when you're crossing sixth avenue you still have to look both ways before you walk like you know you still got to, like you said take care of yourself right yeah. like but yeah the spirituality and i think i was saying it before is you know there's so much to that to the to what spirituality means to me, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I, like I said, I, I start my day now. Like my my last thing I say in my prayer is, "Please let me help someone today." Right, and like that was not that was not part of the this this vessel, you know, seventeen plus years ago, growing up, you know, it was look out for us, look out for myself. Everyone's trying to take something from you. Like trust nobody uh everyone got it easier than you um everyone's lucky you know you said it victimhood like i i i I was a victim for till i got sober till again till i learned all this stuff about me and you know i think also about spirituality it's it's an awareness like it's like i'm open my eyes are open like i've been given this gift too and i think it's part of this self-awareness like i don't know shit like (laughs) i don't know anything Stuff I, I mean, it, I think I know, but it's, you know, it's like this gift of an open mind. You know what I mean? Like, don't think you know everything, man. And like your way is probably, you know, there's probably a good chance, maybe it's wrong, you know, but there's, there's always different ways to look at things, but you know, this self-awareness and like, what you had said earlier? Like, you know, things that come in, I'll still get pissed off and stuff, but I, I don't, I don't react, you know, like I used to just react. And you know, deal with the repercussions or not deal with the repercussions. Probably not deal with them, right? Today, you know, you said you make amends, you'll apologize. But I'm aware of them, you know, or stuff that wasn't on our radar, wasn't you know part of who I was growing up. Now I talk stuff out, you know, and again, like when when another another man comes and gave me his, hey, call me tomorrow, you know, give me your phone number. Here's my phone number. Call me tomorrow. Like every instinct in this being was like the fuck you, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what is this you know right but like I said I don't know anything and after those four years like like I said I was in and out I was like you know what this time like some stranger comes and tells me to, like here's my number I need to call him I, I, I I'm gonna call him. You know and still, it still wasn't like easy. But I said, all right I called you. I'm yeah. gonna call you that's right I called you and, and it was just it was. I was a really uh, thick-headed, hard, hard, hard slog at the beginning. I guess to say, but I was just. I, I was given the gift of of surrender, you know. And it, it dawned on me late and later in sobriety that the obsession to drink had been lifted from me, Jason. And again, you can. I'm sure you can relate, man. Right? Like you knew us before. Like that was impossible, <laughs> man. It was fucking yeah. impossible. Like once I started, I couldn't stop.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think it's and I mean, tell me about this like with newcomers. I think it's trying to help them, and this is this is a learn from reflection is is we're doing so much, especially those of us in addiction. Let alone society now, because everyone's addicted to this, something, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. They are. I, I still struggle with sugar, Gary. I got to tell you, Halloween just happened. We still have a lot of the candy in the house, and, uh, and both, but those Snickers bars keep calling. And it's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, the other day I looked in the mirror disappointed. I'm like, I'm getting skinny fat, you know, because I'm a tall, slim guy, but it's like, <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways. Uh, but I think it's that movement from subconscious to conscious thinking. And I think that's something that some people may not talk about with the 12 steps or sadly, I've seen it or even with some old timers that have had long term recovery. They never quite move totally away from a subconscious way. And I don't mean to pick on anyone, but we've all been to the group of the guy that talks about how spiritual he is, but never really shares anything spiritual or how much they're talking about growth and yet they're always by the donuts and coffee all night. I'm just I'm just saying it has <laughs> been and I and I love those people too. But that's not what I wanted out of my recovery. Like yeah. I needed to get more into conscious action, you know, so it was helpful to go way back, take a look at origins of things to unravel them so that I was more conscious in my thinking because I still have moments like I, my girlfriend, and I laugh about it. Now I come home and I got this look on my face to come home from the grocery store. She's like, what's wrong? Nah, I'm okay. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, there's a really attractive lady in a pair of yoga pants. And I looked at her butt and I feel really bad about it. And she just starts laughing her ass off. And she's <laughs> like, "Hun, like you're human. Like right. this, this isn't going to lead you to a relapse or something. And and right. you didn't go up and talk to her and ask it like, you're, you're, you're human. Do you're you think human. I go out and I don't go, well, that was a good looking guy, but it's just that quick. And it's like, oh, so I still have some of these things that I'm having to, you know, yeah. constantly kind of w- work through, but I can't hide them anymore. There's no hiding in it. <laughs> Once yeah. you open that floodgate, consciously understanding yourself, it's like, uh oh, uh, you know. Yeah, well, Here it is.
0: that's a heck of a topic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, look out, but no, you know, I'm, I'm laughing. That's a hilarious story, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are a human being, right? Yeah. There, there's so many of us beat ourselves up for, for no reason. We're so good at beating ourselves up, right? Like uh, I'm hearing you tell this story, and my first thought is like, dude, go easy on yourself, right? <laughs> right? It's one thing to like, you know, you take a look, whatever, and keep walking, right? But yes, if you act upon it, then yes, then you're, then that's a different, different subject. In fact, you came home and you even shared it with your girlfriend, which is even better. You know,
1: (laughs) I'm glad that she got a laugh out of it, but it's also that sign of being so vulnerable to somebody else that they know you that well too, which I would have never have allowed before either.
0: Right. Letting anybody in, I said it before. And again, I, this is stuff I didn't know. I did not understand that I had, you know, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't understand that I thought everyone was out to get me. And I thought, I, you know, I was a skeptical dude my whole life. I mean, there's reasons for it, but yeah, it's up to me if I want to, if I want to change and move forward, you know, and I, I like what you said too about, you know, about your recovery, what you want out of your recovery. Like, you know, like I said, I'm 49 years old. I'll, you know, be 50 and, and, in july and you know i'm so I, i'm blessed. i have more like dreams and goals and things i want to do with my life than than i ever have before like yeah. and i owe that all to to finance to being being sober because if first of all if i was out there you know who knew, i probably wouldn't be here right now yeah you know, i certainly wouldn't be talking to you right or if i was if i was still alive i'd probably be a miserable fucking existence <laughs> that's for sure i mean that's yeah. just the lock you know and that's yeah. probably at best that's probably at best. Who knows? I could be in jail. I could be so many other p- bad places. But I'm not there today, you know. And you know, I like to learn. You know, I like to, like I said, I have an open mind, and I have more. than I I owe this bec- to my sobriety, and that's you know one of the reasons I want to help people realize. Like, man, if you can if you can stop doing this, you can come overcome your addictions. If you can come from alcoholism, like, there's nothing there's nothing that you can't do. Nothing, and I believe that from the bottom of my heart. No one will ever tell me differently because we see it every single day, man.
1: Yeah, we've had way too much proof to to have someone refute it,
0: right? You know, and then like you said about some of those kind of cranky old timers, right? It's like, yeah, I I like you know, I like the saying, you know, like, why did you get sober? Like, you know, like, don't you want to be happy? You know, find something. You know, find something in your life. Find some purpose. Find some meaning. You know. Go easy on yourselves too. Like you know, don't beat yourself up.
1: <laughs> I still, you know, hey, yeah. that's what it's one of my character defects. I've got them yeah, You know, yeah, I got them. Right. I'm I'm still going to have those uh, different nuances that that make up who I am per se. But right. I, I'm a little bit easier about it. I you know, yeah. I think it's just I can recall that feeling of it, like. Oh man, like you know, as someone that's also done work in the sex and love addiction area too. Like, oh yeah, yeah you don't want to fantasize. Wait, okay, I didn't fantasize, and you know, I yeah. live in actuality when it comes to my relationship with my partner. You know, so it's like it's it's a lot of those quick playouts, no different than if you're somewhere that somebody doesn't know that you don't drink and offers you a drink, and then. You can immediately tell a story in your head that's uh two months long about your demise from that drink to now you're homeless and jobless, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think panic. it was that same kind of a play out kind of thing that took me right. into like a panic mode or something. Yeah, kind.
0: no, I, listen, I, I i relate to all that too, right? I totally like you know, play the tape, you know, and yeah. that you're touching upon the word fear, like we touched, talk, we talked about that before, like you know, fear is a is a, is a, is a strong word. And I love the saying, I try to live by it, but you can't live in fear and faith at the same time. You know, you can't be in both. Right. And so, and again, that touches upon the spirituality, higher power portion of the, of the program, which is really the entire program. It's firing higher power and finding God in your life uh, for whom that's what I call my high power at least. But, you know, yeah. again, these aren't, these aren't terms I had before. These are terms I live by you now. And, uh, you know I'll keep saying it if if you knew me seventeen you know seventeen years like I, if if I knew me seventeen years ago saying that some of these things that I believe from the bottom of my soul and I believe wholeheartedly, you know just, again, it's not where I was back then and and like we said before, too, I need to remember where I was, you know, like because yeah. that that was in here, and that that all happened,
1: and I did all that, and
0: I was on a different path, man, you know, and I'm not on that path I'm on a better path today,
1: yeah. Something that you shared that I, that I think is really valuable that I've heard some couples do where, you know, one of the individuals isn't in recovery and the other isn't. But like really sharing with your wife what the 12 steps are. Um, I mean, give me your take. I've found that people that do that, it really helps strengthen their relationship relationship because then they understand what their partner is facing what they're going through. And it might even help them understand that, oh, because Gary not sober and Gary now, let alone through the process of the last 17 years, totally different person. Yeah, And and especially than the person that she met. And so I think it's a really valuable thing because it helps them understand that your partner's going to change. And these are going to be some of the foundational principles that you're going to start seeing effect over time take place because some relationships end when people get sober, it just happens. And it's not, yeah. And it's, it's, it's either the other person is, is an addict unwilling to recognize or Some people, the one person gets sober, Hey, hand up. I had this one relationship. Gary is like, I just want you sober. No, 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 no. You want all the things that I would do when (laughs) I was drinking You would just like me to be sober and be able to do them. Guess what? Right. Right. Never going to happen. Sorry.
0: No, I get that. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen, seen that all across the board, all the different scenarios you just mentioned. You know, (laughs) for me, you know, it's a little different. My, my wife and I, we've been married. I think we just had 15 years, but we've been together since, you know, we went to the Millennium concert in 2000. So we, we've been dating since 1999. Right. So she has seen, you know, she's been through the ringer with me right. you know she's seen it all and she's stuck with me like i I, her family cannot stand me like and and i i
1: to this heard, day
0: no to this day like i'm so close with them like okay. i am i i love all of them they love me like I, they're all my brother-in-law my both my brother-in-laws my sister-in-law you know all of them my mother-in-law she's like my, i mean I have such an amazing relationship with them, her today, you know, but it, back then, like I, I am saying over and I earned it 10 times over. Like, what are you doing with him? Like, he's dangerous. Like he's not, he's not going to change. Like, look what he does. He's okay. And then he's not okay. And you don't see him for two weeks and, you know, goes off. And so she, you know, she always saw something in me that I never even saw. And, but even, you know, I say that, you know, sober Gary, uh, you know, she never saw all that, you know, I don't think, but so, but back to your question, you know, she's, she's been through the ring ringer with me. Right. So yeah, I did. I shared the 12 steps with her and she's, you know, she's a normal, you know, she's one of those that you know she'll order a glass of wine and she'll drink maybe half or a quarter of it and I'll still be like, Can't believe all that she does that. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: and, that still um, baffles me.
0: Yeah, me too. I'll never get that. You know, so I guess I'm not completely cured. We won't be cured anyway, but though so she's been through it all. You know, she's been, you know, in fact, we were apart uh when um you know, we were apart and we were I, I thought I blew it. I thought like I really blew this one, you know, for good. And um, I went out and I was just, you know, I was pedal to the metal and something happened on May twelfth, two thousand six. I didn't want to do it anymore. And I I went back to AA and I was I was starting to put some, you know, I never had ninety days together. I, I put ninety days together and and I called her not to like get her back. I just just said, Hey, listen, I just want you to know, like I'm back, you know, I, I've been going to AA. I'm feeling a little bit different this time. Like I don't know, I think I got a chance anyway. I just I just wanted you to know and wasn't like it wasn't like a lifeline at all and she was so happy like that I even called her to tell her this and I couldn't believe it and she came over and I don't know we kind of got back like just right from there and you know I've been sober and sober ever since so yeah she's but she's <laughs> and she's seen a lot of it dude like whoa you know uh-huh. yeah uh but you know now I I mentioned she you know she gives me uh because goes, throws a little party for the four of us here every, every year on my sober, sober date. She gets, we get a carvel cake. I get a card. And this is one of the favorite things I love to share is on my 10 year anniversary. She, you know, she got me my card and, you know, she said, we're so proud of you. Just think, Gary, like if you didn't get sober, you know, your kids wouldn't be here. They wouldn't even exist. And, um, you know, that always kind of really, that really chokes me up because, wow. you know, like my ego doesn't want to. My ego wants to give a little bit of credit to me, but truth is, it's the truth, man. Like, you hear the saying, like, you know, property of AA or property of my sobriety, like, you know, what a, I could put that sticker on, you know, all my possessions, right? But for, for this guy, like, that includes my family, includes my kids, you know, because if I was still out there, who knows, you know, but I wouldn't have been married and I wouldn't want to have these two great kids. Now they're my life, man. Like, all three of these, they're just, they're everything. They're my life to me. They, everything
1: oh wow <clears throat> that's gonna be tough to get to random questions and leave you with the final thought man that uh <laughs> i think that's the most uh yeah that's beautiful man and you're right that is uh hmm boy <laughs> we could go on and on about that the power you know a higher power and these beautiful gifts and i just hope that people absorb that what you were saying right there you know, and and that ability to sit in, you know, we only get a a fight. This thing that we have, that a lot of us squandered some years away or decades (laughs) uh, is, is, is so finite, you know, and we don't know how things are going to go. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I never had that until my relationship now, either the celebration of it, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, maybe I'll show up to the meeting the first year and get a chip. And, people clapped cool all right and then year two it was like boy i did everywhere from people to san diego all the way up you know in different kind of meetings and one of my buddies james he's like all right now you go to every fucking meeting you can and you collect as many chips possible because the newcomers need to see you collect year two yeah you know which what's usually i always tipped out just before year two for whatever reason so Mm -hmm. it's um it's a beautiful thing, and again, it's weird to be like, "Wait, we're celebrating me," but it's really not celebrating me. It's celebrating something else that's far bigger than me that I'm just a part of.
0: Hundred percent, far bigger than us, right? And that's 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 the spirituality again. That's the higher power. Like, there's something bigger at at, at work here, you know. Right. And something is is important, but what seems so little is your sponsor saying you need to go. Get that chip, so newcomers can see you get the chip.
1: Yeah. It's
0: not, it's not about us going up there receiving that chip. It is, yeah. but it's also for those newcomers that. It's like, hey man, look at him, look at Jason. That guy, he's a cool dude, man. I mean, I mean, like, right? Like that was that guy's a cool guy. He isn't. He's he's been you know he's he's been sober a couple of years, man. I want that. You know, it's what it's all about, and that's the. Yeah. That's, that's the higher power. That's, that's the thing at work. That's the energy that that's happening.
1: Well, before we do random questions, I want to pick your brain on this because what you're saying sparked the thought to me too, and how I try to have helped people find gratitude, even in all this stuff, the bullshit that's happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even this moment, like, so my sobriety, your sobriety, somehow you, you know, 17 years, me coming up on three, you know, my longest continual stint in the seven total or whatever, close to seven. Like all these little things happen so we could have this conversation at this second in time. I now have a new friend on the East Coast that I know was like, hey, Gary, I'm coming out there. Great. We're going to do lunch, dinner, whatever it is. Hey, let's hit a meeting, you know. It's like, yeah, it's like all these things. That just add up to these amazing moments. And so I try to share that with people. Like, you don't believe in a higher power. How the heck are you and myself sitting here right now having this conversation that let alone it's something guided us to be like, yeah, not only have these conversations, but share them for with other people too?
0: Amazing, right, man? Like and, and I'll just add even something a little on top of it in this. You know, I don't even know, like, my podcast, honest to God, like, I haven't been at this long, but I can't even tell you exactly how I started it. Like, Mm -hmm. we had so many crazy, like, ideas in the past 20 plus years, and I never really started them, the perfection, whatever it is. And this was like, you know, this, this is what I, this is a passion of mine. Like, I, I I could talk about anybody, I could talk to anybody about this stuff, like, and I, and I enjoy it. And, I just, I just did it. And that's the, and, and I mean, that sincerely, you're touching upon it right now. Like we're sitting in here and you're, you're getting me filled up here because that's powerful stuff. You and I are sitting here, you're on the West coast. I'm on the East coast and just maybe someone's going to hear this. Maybe they're going to give. maybe that we're going to help them. Like not maybe I know we're going to help one person, right? Like, so that's what it is, man. You know? And I mentioned like this gift of, uh, you know, open mind right like that's part of it like this gift that they're to keep my eyes open to see what the universe or what my higher power is putting in front of me yeah. you know and i said it to you before like when when, when you were on mine and, and i had the technical difficulties and grabbed <laughs> out, me that text like you made me feel better but then you're like no man it's all good like i got a friend on the east coast and in, uh, in this now too and i was like that's what it's all about man This you know and Beautiful, it is a beautiful thing, and you're you're spot on, man. As soon as you come this way, we are going to go out the dinner. We're going to do it all. I'm going to do the same thing when I come out your way. And I'm so su- I am. And That was one of my gratitude lists, and I I mean that sincerely. Like I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful to be here. Have Likewise. this conversation with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, the the heart's still pumping and the blood's still flowing. It's like, Amen. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I don't normally just want to end uh, uh, at that point, but I almost feel like it, but uh, I think people would be disappointed if we didn't do some random questions, but uh, hey, tell people how they can find you, uh, the Begin Again podcast, uh, and we'll definitely, links will be in the description, of course, as always.
0: Yeah, man. Thebeginagainpodcast.com is the website. All the episodes are there, but you can find across any platform that you're on, uh, The Begin Again Podcast. And I'm on Instagram. That's my main kind of social media channel. Uh, The Begin Again Podcast is my handle on Instagram. So you can find me, DM me and love to hear from you.
1: Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you get a lot out of this podcast, share with a friend. And don't forget the archive of interviews we have. Bam Margera, Brandon Novak, Kat Von D, Charlie Sheen, Edward Furlong, Kelly Osborne. The list goes on and on of amazing guests that have been on the podcast, sharing how they have found purposeful lives. Speaking of purpose, how about a lifestyle brand with purpose? 5150 LTM. That's right, not only is it a lifestyle brand that can fit whatever it is you're trying to achieve in life, but they give back to the community. And you, the listener of Knockin' Doors Down, get 20% off every time you shop at 5150LTM. All you have to do is use the code KDD20 at checkout and get 20% off. And how does 5150 give back to the community? Portions of the sales benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation. There are three amazing programs, The Race to End the Stigma, The Race for Autism, and The Race to Be Drug Free. More on the Carlos Vieira Foundation, go to Carlosvierafoundation.org. Being that you're like a sports guy too, I'm interested to see what what uh, answer you give. Uh, you could have dinner with any one person living or not, who would they be? Kobe Bryant. Why? So Kobe, you
0: know, growing up, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Kobe when he was, you know, when I was in in his playing days, when he got older, you know, I was like, I grew a lot of respect for him, you know, and then I started to learn about Kobe. So Kobe to me represents three things. He represents being the hardest working guy in the room by far. And he represents that no matter what, if you're the hardest working, if you outwork everyone, uh, whoever, whatever avenue, whatever industry, whatever you're into, and if you want to succeed, you just got to work hard. You know, that might be really hard, but he's right. He's the most legendary work ethic I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. From the, then he, he leaves basketball and wins an Oscar like the next year, like the guy's in, in, insane, you know, but he also represents, uh, represents being, he was famous, uh, famous father, right? He became like this famous, you know, they call him girl dad because he had four girls, you know, he represents being a family man you know and that's something that i aspire to be like i have a boy and a girl i'm not a girl there but i want to be a, the best husband and the best dad I possibly can be and then he represents that life short you know you just mentioned the blood still pumping i was 49 years old i'm 49 now when i was 44 relatively good health i was walking to the to the train station five o'clock in the morning and felt chest pain i'm like man what is that man what did i eat last night and you know long story short I was having a heart attack i didn't realize it i thought i was having it and i was like you know what and i was lucky i was able to work from home even before work from home was a thing i'm like i don't have to go to the train i just walk walk home and i turn around and i was like 15 minutes away it was the longest the hardest 15 minute walk ever i was like what the fuck's going on and I, i made it back to the to the house we were renting at the time and i woke my wife up she's an acupuncturist and i was like I was trying to throw up. I'm like, oh, I'll just throw up and then I'll feel better. And you know, I'll be okay. And she, she heard what was going on. Anyway, long story short, I'm like, why is my jaw hurting? And she, she, she got the kids in the car without even knowing, rushed me to the hospital. And I got rushed in, called a widow maker heart attack. And I had, they rushed me up and um, put two stents in my, in my heart, and my arteries. And I'm here to tell about it. So that's why, you know, Sorry, that was a long-winded no. answer about Kobe Bryant. But you know, even when his stuff like pops up now, and I love all sports, but they all kind of represent something to me. But you know, like Kobe, this the stuff that he puts out and what he means, and yeah, unfortunately, I, you know, I ask myself, I wonder is it because he passed that he's he means even that much more? Because I answered that quickly, you know, Kobe. Right? I I could have said a bunch of people, but it would be Kobe for those reasons, but. Yeah man, life is short too, man. We're yeah. it's not it's a, we're not here that long, man. I think the best of it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think uh, you know a couple of things if I can throw it in why well, I continue to be a fan. Of course I grew up a Lakers fan, so <clears throat> I kind of I kind of get that one. Uh <laughs> but I think, you know, we even saw a process of him having to go through making amends, right? You know. Um and, and I think he really, for me was something where I go back a lot towards mentorship. You even have the picture up of him and, and Jordan, Kobe and Jordan Great. on your wall there. And, uh, and, and it's not a knock on Michael Jordan, but Kobe did a little more for people after his career was over, so to speak, you know, and it's not yeah. that Michael Jordan did not or hasn't it's just. He's Michael Jordan. The guy can't go anywhere. I think the only, you know, he shows up now at the NASCAR track all the time because nobody mobs him. Yeah. Like, that's what they're saying is that yeah. just everybody's met him now that works in the garage. And so nobody just bothered. He can go, he can watch his race. And everybody's like, Hey, Michael. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think there was just, yeah, so many wonderful takeaways. And, and yeah, I think it is that being gone a little too soon, too, that I definitely held on to like, when i went and saw his statue outside the arena there in la it's like damn man you know yeah. like just a few years ago i watched you know this guy I, oh god what did i see him hit 41 points or something like that is like you know so yeah it's fleeting anyways all right back to fun here hey oh yeah. uh um you decide to write a uh, a book and it gets licensed to be a movie or a TV show. What actor would you want to play you? Um,
0: I shouldn't know that. You know what? I think I was going to say, I don't know. I'm going to say Brad Pitt, but I think Bradley, actually, I know I want it. I, yeah, it's Robert Downey Jr. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: You know, it's because of, you know, Obviously, the first three guys, you know, like the handsome and all that stuff. But I do. I like, I dig Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's sober, sober too, right? Yeah. He's he's out loud. You know, and I love what Brad, what he said when he won his Oscar a couple years ago. He had his speech. I forget his last part of his speech. You know what he said? He said, be kind to each other. You know, and I just, I love that. Like, I really love that. And then, you know, i mentioned uh, of no fault of my own, the three guys that did mention there, they're, they are, you know, obviously sober out loud guys. Robert Downey Jr. is like, right. He's probably the most famous sober guy, I guess. And Bradley Cooper too. I think they're phenomenal actors, but I guess if I had to pick one, I guess I go Brad Pitt. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, they could bring it to life because they would understand, you know, that they they get it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like yeah. some of this stuff you got to be able to feed on, you know, when it comes to casting for sure. <laughs> Anyways, that's all my actor bullshit coming out. Matt uh, too.
0: I like Matt Dillon also. You know, see, what? I was gonna say gonna that say Matt Dillon. I'm gonna go with Matt Dillon. Sorry, he's like, I like Matt Dillon a lot. I, I used to see him um uh, from time to time, and he's like from my from my generation, like the outsiders. Like, yeah, actually, that's my answer. My answer. I thought it out loud with you. I apologize
1: <laughs> before, but yeah, if someone <laughs>
0: asks me, I'm gonna say I want Matt Dillon to be to to play me
1: final answer we could move along here Final answer. Final answer that's all right um okay what's another fun one that maybe i haven't done in a while um everybody always likes the deserted on a on a, a island one so i guess i'll do it deserted on an island you have one movie with you one music artist greatest hits
0: one one artist and one album is it, or is, so it's three? One movie. So
1: what? So one movie and one music artist's greatest hits.
0: One one of their okay. So uh, the movie. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's longer. I'll go with Goodfellas though. That's okay, Goodfellas. And
1: the That's album, such an east coast New York answer, right there. I mean, how can yeah, you know, just, Scorsese, you Scorsese? Know, yeah, I've
0: been, I've been reading about Scorsese lately. He's doing another movie coming up,
1: I think. I was reading about it, it him. just <laughs> came out.
0: Oh, great book! But, I read that book, by the way. Yeah. yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a hell of a story. Yeah. Um, and the album, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Golden Platinum, Leonard Skinner. Got mm-hmm. two. Uh-huh. At least I was gonna bring a zeppelin with me, but I'm going with Skinner. he has got my favorite song of all time, Freebird on it.
1: <laughs> hey, who doesn't love Freebird? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who inspires you?
0: Well, I mentioned, you know, I, I do watch him. Kobe still inspires me. Um, you know, as far as people that aren't here, who inspires me? I mean, there's a lot of people that inspire me. I'm. I can do a podcast. A lot of the people in our community inspire me. Um, that's that's a good. I need to give you a good one here. You know. I think the best answer though and in truth is my wife now she takes care of all my my family and she makes her house such a home and a beautiful home and you know she's got the hardest job of all time uh dealing with this guy and then yeah. you know trying to take care of the two two kids so and I need to let her let her know that a little more often too brother you know like because she does she's amazing man after I'm done I'm gonna go tell her that I think she's amazing
1: so no thank you for the well, reminder. make
0: sure to thank you for that.
1: Yeah, I should stop and pick up flowers on my way home. I agree with you. I had told my uh, my my partner. I had told her, you know what? Um, um, I was forty-four. It's just around. I maybe it was my forty-fourth birthday because yeah, she's been. We've been living together over a year, and I said, uh, I never knew what a home was like until I started living with you.
0: What a what a beautiful line. What's that's something just so beautiful to share.
1: Yeah, well, it's true. You know, it just kind of came from the heart, but it was like, wow, you know, and I feel that whenever I get home, I don't feel like a home of tension and, you know, what? Well, oh, right. Just- yeah.
0: Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. She so. makes it, you know, our kids don't know that my kids don't, you know, they don't know that, but how you and I grew up. Right. And yeah. that's, that's that's evolution that's progress man that's beautiful progress
1: yeah i mean every now and then maybe there's a little oh, i forgot to take the garbage out or something and and not that she's not the partner that was like that's the man's job it's just like yeah i saw that it was full and i just walked past it kind of you know it's like I don't
0: know. i'm guilty of that too like what am uh, i the garbage God. man around here like i had to do you know there were some where the dishes like pass them you know, like, <laughs> that's it, why we man. had
1: kids damn it gary do the dishes <laughs> that's right I gotta give them these chores uh all right uh i got just two more for you um did you have a nickname at any point
0: yeah but it's just it's a boring one and i'm still called my initials gm a lot of people still call me gm g money when i was younger it was hey g money
1: you know, I would but, think you would get the last name one because I always got the chance. Like just man, call me by my last name all the time.
0: I actually like I like when I am called Mankeys better than than uh, G M. Yeah, it just kind of stuck with me. G M. And <laughs> some of the old guys I was telling you, they would call me G Money, but no, G M. To this day, I'm still call that sometimes.
1: Uh, two uh two things maybe like bucket list that you personally want to do for you. So this can't be a serve the recovery community greater type of thing. We know this about each other. It's things that you would want to do for you. Maybe experiences. Uh,
0: I mean, you know, some of those, like the dream that I was talking about, like I have more dream. It's I, I want to travel with my family. I want to travel across this great nation. Like I got into hiking. I want to go to every single national park and state park. And if I can do everything, I just want to go. I want to go see if you can see it, explore America. Like I got the little tax. I want to fill up that entire poster i want to get that's that's the bucket list is to go all those places you know Alaska, and then alley national park all of them you know like i'll daydream all day about just beautiful views and again we talked about spirituality like sometimes right you climb up a mountain you get into a view and you get to a an opening And i went last summer to acadia national park here in maine and it's called Cadillac Mountain. And it's the first you, I went there for sunrise and it's the first glimpse of the sun that the United States gets at wow. Cadillac Mountain. So like, I went there and it was crowded. Everyone found a spot and it's like yeah, you, know, you just feel you feel like there's something bigger, you know, and there's you feel smaller, but in a good way. Like this it's just feel like such a vast world. And so yeah, my bucket list is is uh you know, is all about travel. And it's traveling with my with with my kid, kiddos because I, as far as I you know, my whole life growing up, farthest farthest I ever went was two hours to, to Montauk, and, uh, <laughs>
1: and,
0: and which is a great place, and it's our favorite summer vacation now too. But um, you know, we've already been to a lot of places uh, with the four of us, and so you know, that that's all my bucket list is really travel, and, and yeah, I want to see the whole entire world, but really, I, I want to see our country first and foremost. Right.
1: Well, I got two great spots, one where my my parents live up in Red Bluff, so that's where Mount Shasta is. So my brother and I hiked up uh, Castle Crag there, so pretty cool one. Yeah. And then, Gary, here's an extra reason for you to visit. I can stand in my backyard, and on good days, I can pretty much spot where Yosemite is. So oh, I man. have yet to find mm-hmm. someone to get in there and really hike that with me. So there's extra motivation. Boom.
0: Let's do it, man. Let's oh. go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that
1: this has been a pleasure my brother uh this this is where i give the floor to the guests is anything else you want to drop um you know something of support to other people or perspective please
0: yeah i mean we touched upon it but again for those for those newcomers who are struggling like you can you totally change your life man like you don't have to live this way anymore you don't have to live that way anymore you're not alone like you know you can live a life beyond your wildest dreams and again that's not That's not bullshit, man. That's just the truth. We see it all the time. Like, give it up, right? What's the line I heard? You know, if you give up, you give up one thing to get everything back, right? And just there's so much truth to that. And, you know, stay in there, you know, keep coming, keep coming back. You know, you you mentioned yourself, you had a couple of slips, right? And you, but you keep, keep coming back. I think that's what I was going to say, but I lost my fucking train of thought before. (laughs) You know, there's a lesson to that, Jason, like seriously, you know, like, and I admired it so much. You came back, you keep coming back because for me, I'm, it's one of, you know, it's one of my fears. I'm not sure if I got another comeback. Maybe I do, maybe I don't, but just I don't want to test it. And so, you know, you can totally change your life out there. Like, you know, see it every single
1: day. Yes, sir. Gary, thank you so very much. I appreciate you.
0: No, nah, I appreciate you, Jason. Thanks so much for having me on love your show love you man it's uh it's been a pleasure getting to know you man
1: love you too brother on that note keep knocking doors down people this is the knocking doors down podcast featuring celebrities experts and everyday people who have overcome adversities including addiction mental health and trauma to live purposeful lives and that's what knocking doors down is all about